In August of 2018, I was on a mission trip through the Sisters of St. Francis in Dubuque. I traveled to Honduras with a group of about 19 other people for a service project to provide water to the impoverished community of Mejacote. A clean water source had been tapped in the upper altitudes of a mountain and 31 miles of pipeline were being laid to transport that life-giving water into the community so that they would no longer have to walk a mile or more daily just to bring the water back to their family for those basic needs of drinking, cooking, and cleaning. I have a shirt from that mission trip that has a quote on it from A.H. Auden. Thousands have lived without love, not one without water. As I reflected on today's readings, I recalled what was accomplished on that service trip and thought about the mission of service which Jesus' disciples were being sent out to do. The passage from Matthew is from the missionary discourse section of his gospel. In other words, the church's mission, and our baptismal mission. In the passages preceding today's gospel, Jesus gives the apostles authority to heal and sends them out to proclaim the gospel, and, to, and he sent them out to proclaim the gospel message. And other than taking basic needs, relying on God to provide for them. The text that we heard today lays out the consequences for these missionaries. It's one of those passages that we need to be careful not to take literally. When Jesus speaks of division in the family, he's not attacking the family. Rather, he's using this as a symbolism for loyalty, loyalty to him. In our mission of following Jesus, he is saying there should be a greater there should be a greater loyalty to him. Bishop Robert Barron says in our mission to the church, we are to give our whole lives to Jesus. It is in this passage also that Jesus mentions the cross for the first time, making an explicit reference to his future death but it is also an implicit reference to us that we are to take up our cross in imitation of the cross of Christ and follow him. And these verses speak of the rewards of heaven received when we do so. In this calling of discipleship to receive Christ, the Holy One of God, we are given a newness of life of which St. Paul speaks of in the second reading. And when we welcome Christ in our lives, we will then witness a new life. Jesus' message to the disciples that this new life in following him and to share their life with God is radically different from their previous life of ordinary fishermen. It is meant to be a message for all of us as well in taking up the cross of Christ and to be faithful to him, Jesus warns that there will be division, creating a sense of darkness. But for the light of Christ to shine, the darkness needs to give way. 
And this process can be painful and divisive. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a German Lutheran pastor, was imprisoned and killed by the Nazis for his opposition to their policies. In his piece entitled The Cost of Discipleship, he said, The peace of Jesus is the cross. The cross is the sword God wields on earth. It creates division. The son against father, the daughter against the mother, the member of the house against the head. All this will happen in the name of God's kingdom and his peace. That is the work which Christ performs on earth. When Jesus speaks of the consequences and the division that may be a part of the mission, I was reminded of the challenges of one aspect of my personal mission. Once a week, I, along with a small group of others, stand witness in front of Planned Parenthood. Over the course of roughly an hour, we pray the rosary and the Divine Mercy Chaplet. We pray for the safety of all those who pace those sidewalks and, through, and that through changed hearts for the day that those doors would be closed forever. Most of the time, it's an uneventful hour. Other times, it can become divisional, ranging from cars honking at us on First Avenue as they whiz by. Hard to say if they're for us or against us. Shouting directed at us, through an open car window. With obscenities and other derogatory comments, it becomes more obvious. Sometimes someone will come up to us on the sidewalk to engage in conversation. Again, they may be supportive of our witness, while others become confrontational. The latter questioning our motives. What about women's rights, especially in case of rape? What if it were our daughter that we're in an unwanted pregnancy. It's during these times that I become quite uncomfortable, to say the least. And while we try to have a meaningful and constructive conversation, sometimes this is impossible. And the conversation ends with, we will pray for you. A line from a prayer for divine mercy takes on a significant meaning. May thy mercy shield us from the darts of our salvation's enemies. When Jesus speaks of taking up his cross, he presents an image of the demands and consequences of discipleship. Jesus tells his disciples and us that faithfulness may entail self-denial, suffering, and for his disciples, possibly even death. At first sight, suffering seems broken up, divided. But suffering is a communion that makes us one. Before his passion, the cross symbolized division and rejection. Afterwards, it symbolized the glories, the glory of Christ's martyrdom. I try to keep this in mind during those confrontational moments at Planned Parenthood. In Jesus' speaking of the prophets and the righteous ones, he is referring to different followers of Jesus, following the example of the prophets who proclaimed the Gospels in the name of God. We are to live our lives 
by the same example in the Gospels. As Jesus demanded his disciples to be righteous, we need to be aware of this in our own lives. Remembering this becomes part of our role as missionaries, proclaimers of the gospel by our deeds and acts of almsgiving accompanied by righteousness. And what better example of righteousness could we have but in St. Joseph, who, as the Gospels note, was a man of righteousness, for he observed and followed Jewish law. Joseph desires to follow God's law and to honor him. He is also a humble man, filled with faith, portraying an attitude of complete trust in the presence of God, of being open inviting God to reveal his providential plan. Joseph trusted in God's message, and he put his fears and worries aside, acting on faith without regard for his own well-being. He followed God's will. Joseph fully submitted to God's plan, exhibiting more concern for Mary and the child Jesus rather than himself. He is an example of tremendous faith and courage, one that we can take to heart and reflect on within the circumstances of our own lives. As a man of faith, Joseph's response to God's plan was an obedience of faith, a trusting obedience. St. Joseph acted with humbleness and humility St. Joseph, the just man, exhibits the model of faith and trust in God that we can strive to emulate in our lives. In the struggles and challenges of life, it can at times become difficult to follow Christ. We may temporarily lose our way through sin, in some ways a denial of Christ. It's important to recognize our faults and shortcomings and to redeem ourselves in the eyes of God through the sacrament of reconciliation. And we will be rewarded with the restoration of his grace and the joys of the heavenly kingdom. As we continue on our baptismal mission, for we were baptized in Christ, may we recognize God's presence in our lives and when challenges arise with the faith and righteousness of St. Joseph, let us strive to overcome those struggles. May we, in faith and confidence, know that God will always give us what we need. And with that same faith, we will come to realize that he always provides for all that he has made. For through faith, no matter how weak, nothing will be impossible. From Philippians, may we have the strength for everything through Christ who empowers. <laughs>